eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State gets a win in impressive fashion, 41-3 over TCU. And now they get set for the Houston Cougars on homecoming. We'll talk about that and much more on the show, but before we get going, we want to let you know we are sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. The ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Monty, I don't even know where to start. That was an incredible game. A night game. The atmosphere was amazing. First home game in a month. Being down on the field at pregame, it felt like one of the biggest games of Chris Kleiman's tenure. Like the energy in that stadium was incredible. And man, the players did not disappoint. You know, I got to say, that probably was one of the more fun games I've had. I was relaxed, mm-hmm. I wasn't nervous. Um, we came out like firing on all cylinders. I got to say, I don't know whose idea it was, if it was Coach Kleinman's or if it was Coach Klein's idea to play both quarterbacks and then run a jet sweep to Avery. That was just mm-hmm. perfect. So nobody could complain about we should have started, <laughs> started Avery, we should have started Will. That was a perfect play call. I loved it. Well, I'm happy you started there because that's exactly where I wanted <laughs> to start. Let's just talk about the quarterbacks. I mean, that's obviously everything, everything that everyone wants to talk about, but – it is interesting. On the TV broadcast, they said before they ran out there that both quarterbacks would be on the field to start the game. I think they Kleiman might have told them pregame, like, "Hey, this is gonna right. this is gonna happen." And and sure enough, there's Avery Johnson lining up at receiver. There's Will Howard lining up at quarterback. I, I think it was kind of symbolic. And yeah. they asked Colin Klein about it on Thursday at his press conference, like, "Whose idea was that?" And Colin just kind of chuckled and <laughs> laughed and was like, "It's been in the playbook for a while." Right. But I mean, it's kind of symbolic for where these guys are right now. I thought that was a really cool gesture. It was, and it's one of those things that kind of like you know, if you've been part of a team, I've been part of a team, and inside the locker rooms, you know, every the outside noise wants to say, "Hey, this is what's going on," and people want to assume what's going on. But that right there showed me that this group is together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nobody jealous of anybody. 
you know what, if Will isn't a quarterback and I'm Avery, I'm supporting him. And if Avery is in a quarterback and I'm Will, I'm supporting him. And you can tell that these guys genuinely get along. And the coaching staff has done a great job of keeping the team together and not divided based on who's playing and who's not. And the fact that we're winning, it makes everything so much easier. And the best part about that is neither one of those guys are complacent. Yes. Because both of them want to be on the field. We, we got a chance to talk to them both after the game. If you ask them, they'll both tell you, I want to take all the snaps. Yeah. But I also want to do what's best for the team. And if that means that Avery gets a series, if that means that Will gets a series, then that's what those guys want to do. I thought it was very, very interesting how they handled those guys. Mm -hmm. It felt like once the game was in control, they were like, all right, we're just going to split it up. And it's almost like a tryout. You know, Will, let's see what you got. Avery, let's see what you got. And, you know, we'll talk about those quarterbacks as we get going. I, I thought that, honestly, both of them were extremely good. They were. And it's kind of funny because pro the, the two previous games, we came to expect certain things from Avery mm -hmm. and we came to expect certain things from Will. But it, in my opinion, the roles are kind of reversed. Will was the more dynamic runner this game. Not saying that Avery didn't do a great mm -hmm. job running because he did. He was like an ankle tackle away from breaking a couple of runs. Multiple times. Yes, several times. But then everybody got the opportunity to see how good Avery can throw the ball, and he was dropping some dimes. Yeah, that was so impressive. He good. Those, those balls that he threw to Jace Brown, yes. I mean – those are high-level throws. Absolutely. I mean, you don't see that at the college level too often. I'm sitting in the press box next to a scout from an NFL team, and I just turn to him and shake my head, and he said an 18-year-old should not be able to make that throw. Right. Those deep balls to Jace Brown were impressive. I thought what was most impressive about both Will and Avery's mm -hmm. game was their just ability to control the offense. You look yeah. at it, K-State only had to punt one time in that game. Right. They scored on every single drive in the opening half except for one. Yeah. It was a fourth down that they ultimately didn't convert, but the offense was efficient. And, and my 343 yards rushing, you got to give your flowers to the offensive line. Absolutely. The O-line came ready to play. There was no questions about would they show up. They were attacking downfield. When we passed the ball, they gave the quarterbacks plenty of time to get rid of the ball and make their reads. O-line definitely, as a, as a group, probably played the best game of the year. And, and, and with that being said, I want to go back to the previous mm -hmm. our previous podcast. DJ Gidden was mm -hmm. my guy, picks, yep. and he did not disappoint. Yep. He, Whenever he got the ball, he was hitting the creases and going. And in the passing game, he looked just as good. So everybody looked good. And, and, and our guy, Senate, got a little banged up, but that gave other guys opportunities to step up as well. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Garrett Oakley, yep. Ben Senate's replacement, um, came in. Had a big-time third-down conversion. Yeah. He ran some routes that you're like, oh, this kid might have something. Play. I think <laughs> I think the, the, the future at the tight end position is set for K-State. Good news for Ben Sinnott. It does sound like he is going to play on Saturday. Good. Good to hear. So um, he should be back out there on the field. Uh, but, yeah, it was just an impressive day for the offense. And I think what was so fun to watch about that offense is you didn't know what was coming next. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With, the, with the whole quarterback thing, you're like, all right, let's see what Avery can do. Okay, let's see what Will can do. And they both had impressive showings. But you mentioned DJ. Giddens. I want to go back to the touchdown pass from Will Howard. And Will said after the game that that was the easiest touchdown pass he's ever thrown in his entire life. And he wasn't even being hyperbolic in that sense. Right. It was an easy throw. And Colin Klein was asked about it on Thursday. He said, well, it looked like TCU kind of messed up on their communication. The cornerback went with the tight end instead of, you know, taking DJ and, and the linebacker took DJ kind of and didn't take the tight end. Right. And so when he threw the swinger out, it was wide open, and it was, it, it was impressive. It was, and, and he made the right read, and, and uh, DJ was in a great position. And, and the backer, 
He took DJ late. He took mm-hmm. a bad angle. And I'm sorry, at this day and age, you take a bad angle against these running backs, no matter who you're playing against, he's going to get gone. And he did. And once he hit that corner and the, the linebacker took the angle, I knew it was over. He housed it. And uh, he was having fun. The guys were going crazy. They looked comfortable. And I think we could have put up a lot more points mm-hmm. if we really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But it was a well-played game. And how about the touchdown pass from Howard to Will Swanson at yes. the end of the game, too? Yep. The way those guys celebrated with Will Swanson <laughs> told me all I needed to know about that locker room that was impressive you see the referee mark him short he puts his hand up and he's short and then they review it and he scores a touchdown and everybody goes crazy for will swanson that's a guy who does all the dirty work and so you could tell colin klein wanted to get him a touchdown but i mean they were having fun on saturday and the offense was rolling they were and it's one of those things where we're getting healthy at the right time, we're figuring each other out on both sides of the ball, communicating well, playing confident. And you can tell that we're confident because Coach Klein, uh, his play calls, like you said, you didn't know what he was going to call. Mm-hmm. But when he called a play, it was working. And it wasn't – we were going back to the same old, same old where we were like, oh, this is reliable. Maybe we should go here. It was wide open. We were having fun. And the thing about it, several different guys – touched the ball, and made plays when they had the opportunity. And how about the tackle over formation? I don't yes. know if you caught that. Multiple plays with the Absolutely. right tackle coming over on the left side. Yep. I think we might see some more of that. I think I Colin so. Klein really, <laughs> really liked that formation. Really pound the rock, especially against the Cougars. We'll talk about that. But we got to flip it over to your favorite side of the ball, and that's the defense. Thanks, Ma, baby. K-State allows zero touchdowns in this game against a team who scored 44 points the, the previous week. I mean, mm-hmm. that defensive effort, I, there's really not much to say besides the fact that they were dominant. They were, and I'm going to fast forward a little bit too. We can come back to early in the game. But towards the end of the game, TCU was driving, and K-State, the guys that were in for K-State, the backups were not letting it happen mm-hmm. because any guy knows that you play defense. If you're a backup and you allow a team to score, you're going to hear it from the starters and the coaches next week. So they had a pride about themselves. We're not letting these guys score, and they didn't. And you can tell how those guys kind of both the neck. They were ready to ball, and they made a play when it needed to be done. And that gives me more confidence in the young guys mm-hmm. as well in pressure situations where they can come up and make big plays also. But the defense played phenomenal the whole game. And I want to talk about that while you're on that point. I- there was a penalty that happened at the end of the game. Jordan Wright did yeah. the thumbs down. Yeah, he did the thumbs down. And you know what? I like that. I that is it. a guy that has it. confidence. He's playing with some swagger. I, I'm sure he probably heard about it on the sideline. Right. But for a backup to come in and be like, you know what? No, you're not catching that ball yep. on me. I don't care who you are. Yep. That just kind of that's the, the the mentality of the defense right now. We said the secondary was going to improve. and. Mm-hmm. Monty, I'll be honest. I think right now that might be the strong suit of this team. They're flying around. I'll tell you what, the depth is there. We're healthy, like I said before. Uh, There's confidence. and Guys are flying to the ball, hitting you in the mouth, breaking on balls. Um, If you're going to try to run a slant route, Parrish is jamming you on the Mm -hmm. line and he's not letting you get the ball. It's confident defense. We're communicating well. And like you said, the secondary is playing like a secondary of old from last year. A bunch of veteran guys that no matter what you throw at them, they're going to adjust and make plays. And that game, this past Saturday let me know that we're going to be okay shout out the Sunflower League Jacob Parrish starting corner <laughs> Lithen North High School Keenan Garber starting corner right. Lawrence Free State That's High right. School I mean there is some serious talent in the state of Kansas you throw in the fact Des Perneau who we've talked about at length on this show yes. second leading tackler behind Parrish in that game it's pretty cool and, and as the high school playoffs get rolling here in Kansas it's cool to see all these Kansas kids making an impact but I look at Keenan Garber right now mm-hmm. and Will Lee was healthy enough to play in this game, and yeah. he played. Yeah. Will Lee's going to be even healthier this mm-hmm. week. 
But I think Keenan Garber is going to get the start. He is playing at a really high level right now. I agree. I think he earned the start. Yeah. He, sh- he should start. And I get it. You know, Will Lee went out due to injury, and that's sometimes it happens. But Garber, he's another big body, mm-hmm. confident. The guy can fly, and he, he, he compliments Parrish well on the other side. So I think he's earned it. And obviously, Will will come in and get his uh, snaps as well. But, yeah, get a kid a chance. He's young. Like I said, if you're winning, win with youth. And, like, until our other guy gets 100% healthy, and then we can figure out. And who knows? A lot of times, injuries happen, and you have to put another guy in a different situation. Who knows? He might be an inside guy. Mm-hmm. Lee. He might become a safety. I've seen he's big enough corner right. to transition to a safety, so he can do both. You never know. But I think Garber earned the start. He has, and you got to remember, this is his. Not he hasn't even been at corner for a year. Yeah, uh-huh. for a full year. He, from receiver, yeah. He's been dynamic. Another guy that was dynamic, Jake Clifton, stepping in at the mic. Austin Romaine was suited up. He warmed up. I, I would imagine he would have played if they would have needed him. Yeah. But Jake Clifton was awesome in the middle, being that communicator. They asked him after the game, hey, what's your favorite spot? And he said, I don't care where I play. I just want to play. Right. And he is a freaking gamer. He gets after it. He got after it on Saturday. The linebacking core without Daniel Green, mm-hmm. I think, is exceeding expectations. Oh, absolutely. And they are playing, again, at just such an extraordinarily high level. Yeah. And one thing, and, and you and I, we follow the Big 12, obviously, and, and, and the listeners and watchers as mm-hmm. well. But one thing I'm loving about K-State like I said before, we're peaking at the right time. We're getting healthy at the right time. Mm-hmm. If you look at the other uh, top five or six teams in the Big 12, they have injuries going yep. on. And, and, and like at specific positions where to make a run, they're going to need certain guys to step up. Our guys are healthy now, and we have two and three guys at the same position that can step in at any time and make plays. We're setting up to make a run. It, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I look at what this defense was able to do in the tackling department. Yeah. I mean, that was something that Chris Kleiman said after the game. We just tackled better. Solid. It's amazing what happens when you make the routine tackles. You know what? I'm going to go back and use a baseball reference. When you make the routine plays in baseball, you're going to win the game. Well, when you make the routine tackles, Mm -hmm. when you wrap up and take a guy down to the ground and he gets three yards instead of six yards, Mm -hmm. that adds up. And K-State right now is turning into a very good fundamental defense, very few penalties. And they just do the little things right. And we, how many times do we see this? A Joe Klanerman defense gets better and better throughout the season. It should come as no surprise at this point. Yeah, and each year, you know, we as fans, we what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And we want a success from the previous year right away. And once we have a lag, people are like, oh, I don't know if Klanerman's the guy. We need to make adjustments. Something needs to change. And then all of a sudden, that Lynch mom defense comes up. And we get better and better. And one thing about it, too, the last two games, both quarterbacks, actually all three quarterbacks you played um, for two different games, mm-hmm. they have not allowed them to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a quarterback sit in the pocket, go through their progressions, and be able to make a play. Every time they make a play, either they're on the run, rolling the pocket, or getting the ball getting the ball out quick. Our defense has not allowed a quarterback to get comfortable the last two games, and I hope that, that trend continues come Saturday. And it, we'll talk about that game against the Houston Cougars. That's going to be a big key for Kansas State against Houston is keeping the quarterback under pressure the whole entire time. We'll talk about that game and much more when we come back right here on the Friday Walkthrough. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We are sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Make sure you stop in whenever you're in town to Booth Creek Wagyu and get you some beef. Monty, let's talk about this game. Kansas State versus Houston. Houston is 3-4. and four. Before we get into the offense and the defensive side of things, I want to look at the intangibles for Houston because you look at their last two games and it has been one heck of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. They win on a Hail Mary against <laughs> West Virginia when they should have won uh, before that. Right. They gave up a last second touchdown with 12 seconds left and then Donovan Smith throws the ball 50 yards down the field. They catch it. They win their first Big 12 win. You know, that's a big win for them. Dana Holgerson beat his former team. Big deal for right. the Cougars. Well, then they get Texas. They fall behind 21 nothing. They claw back, tie the game, lose the game eventually in the fourth quarter. Questionable spot call. People have talked a lot about that this week. Yep. But how do they respond? Those are two completely different emotional highs. Now they have to leave the state of Texas for the first time, and they've only left the city of Houston one time prior to this game. Yeah. Brand new things. The intangibles seem to be lining up for K-State, but maybe, just maybe, Houston might find a way to right the ship. But it's interesting how this is all setting up. Yeah, it's a lot of variables going into this game. For me, first of all, it's still hard for me to say uh, Dana Hogerson and not think about West Virginia football mm-hmm. for so many years. He has his success there, excuse me, in the Big 12. Uh, and, and obviously he's the head coach of Houston. But, yeah, you're correct. They haven't left the state of Texas or the city of Houston for that matter. And a lot of things going into it. And Coach Hogerson knows he's been around the Big 12 long enough. He understands Manhattan. He understands Little yep. Apple. He understands our fan base. He knows what those guys are coming into. He's not a new coach in the Big 12, not knowing what's going on. But on the flip side, he can tell his players – this is what's going to be like. But until they experience it themselves, they don't know. Yeah. And it's one of those things with the weather here. It could be potentially raining, 11 o'clock game. Um, K-State understands what's at hand to continue to work towards the top of the Big 12 again. But I don't know if Houston will truly understand the significance of this game until later in the second quarter or until after the first quarter, after they got an opportunity to see what it's like to be here in Manhattan. But I'm excited. And I want to ask you this question, being from Texas, right. because there are guys on Houston. Sure, you know, a lot of these guys are experienced college football players. They've come from different places. They've played. But when you spend so much time in an environment that is, let's just be honest, hot. Like, mm. this is not Dallas. No. The difference between Houston and Dallas, people don't realize, there is a long distance between Dallas and Houston. Yes. It's like being in a different state, you know, mm. when you look at um, what the weather is like. That team traveling up to Manhattan, mm-hmm. it's going to be low 40s. It's yeah. going to be rainy. Like we mentioned, they haven't been outside of the state. Even if you've played in it before, there's right. going to be an adjustment period, is there not? It is. It's going to be. A, it's not going to be as cold as it could be, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's going to be a little cooler when they used to. And then the weather, uh, the rain could play a factor as well. Like you said, Houston is a lot more humid mm-hmm. than the Dallas area. So even me as a kid growing up in Dallas, whenever we travel to Houston for, for certain things, I would complain about the humidity like <laughs> instantly. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those guys aren't used to that. I will say also, too, um, with them coming over from a different conference, they're not used to the weekly grind right. of the Big 12 and the Big 12 fan bases. So I think it's going to be a little different, the pace of the game. It's going to be a lot more physical than what they've seen. Not saying Texas in physical, but the Texas team they played 
ones than Texas team we saw the previous yeah. weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Texas is a lot better than what they showed, but it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Yeah, well, let's dig into this Houston team a little bit. We'll start with their offense. At quarterback is Donovan Smith. This is a guy who came from Texas Tech. He right. played a little bit against K-State two years ago, started in Manhattan last year. He's no stranger here. You look at his numbers, and they're really good, folks. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's second in the conference in passing. At Texas Tech, he was more of a runner. This year, he hasn't really done that. But that should come as no surprise because Texas Tech is averaging 3.7 yards per rush as a team this year, and they've only ran for 818 yards. K-State ran for 343 last week in comparison. Uh, They have the 106th rush offense in the country. We talked about the elements. It's going to be rainy most likely. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to try and run the ball, but... When you got a guy like Donovan Smith, I'm not sure if they're going to deviate from that game plan that much. I see them trying to pass this. Yeah, they're going to they're going to have to do a little bit of both for for several reasons. With the weather, they can't throw the ball all the time, and also with um, the way K State has been scoring. If we continue to score like we do, mm-hmm. they can't try to slow the game down like I would anticipate them to try to do, especially with potential weather hazards. They want to keep the game close as much as possible on the road. But, yeah, you still have to pass the ball uh, no matter what to open up the run and vice versa. You have to run the ball to open up the pass. With him not being a prolific passer, not saying he's a bad passer, but a prolific passer, I can see him trying to use his legs with the quarterback run mm-hmm. game, a little bit of option, quarterback draw, uh, boots, who knows. But I can see Coach Hogerson moving the pocket, showing different formations to try to get our guys off balance. But it'd be interesting to see what the game plan is coming in on Saturday for Houston. I think that this is probably the best quarterback scene since Brady Cook of Missouri. I agree. Um, he's not, you know, he's not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but I would say he's definitely uh, upper level of the Big 12. Um, he, he's a great athlete, 245 pounds, a big guy. Mm-hmm. He likes to throw those short routes. He's a lot of slant routes, a lot of rub routes, a lot of swing routes. Right. He's probably not going to try and throw the ball and push the ball down the field, but this is a true air raid offense. They mm-hmm. will go fast. They will throw the ball a lot. So the D-backs are going to be tested for K-State. And right. so that's where we talked about Keenan Garber in the first half. Well, they're going to need Garber. They're going to need Lee. They're going to need Parrish. And they might even need a fourth guy to come in there and play some corner just so they can keep those guys fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be interesting to see because there's a lot of different variables for K-State on this defense. And you know what? It's almost a good thing that some of those guys miss some time because they're going to be called upon. Yeah, absolutely. Our secondary will be challenged. I'm glad they're playing well right now because the confidence is high. But one thing a lot of people don't think about, yeah, the back end and secondary, the safeties in the corners are great, but I want to go back to the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Desmond Purnell can run with pretty much any mm-hmm. player on the field unless it's just like an outside slot guy. I mean, outside wide receiver that can just totally fly. You can eliminate a, a slot guy or a tight end that cause problems deep with the vertical by having an athletic Desmond Purnell on the field. And also you can go bracket on the backside to cover up some holes that may be potentially threatening. But I'm not concerned about K-State, but I am interested to see how they respond against a different type of passing game. And I look at this Houston offensive line, and I, I see a spot where K-State can expose mm-hmm. the Houston offense. Because you go back and you look at the tape of this offensive line, and, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, <laughs> But they are just not very good. No. And they're not as good as these teams that K-State's played. And you know what? I'm sure Klenderman and Kleiman are looking at the tape going, these guys are probably, you know, if you if you were to compare the teams that they play, the offensive lines, you know what? They might be the second worst right by SEMO. I, I would argue that, you know, Troy's offensive line is, is better than them. So um, this is going to be a game where K-State can get after the quarterback. I, I could see K-State trying to bring some zone blitzes yeah. because if they are ahead by – 
you know, some points. We'll talk about the offense here in a little bit. It wouldn't be a bad idea to say, okay, we're not going to get beat over the top, but we're going to mix in some zone blitzes. We're going to bring an Austin Romaine who will be back this week. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring a Jake Clifton in on a blitz, and we're going to get to the quarterback and make him gun shy. Because yeah. whenever, you know, whenever Hoover was gun shy last week against TCU, he made mistakes. If they can get Donovan Smith gun shy, it's gonna be a long day for Houston. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, and I see. I can see K State bringing pressure from the zone or man blitz mm-hmm. for that matter. But I can also see Houston knowing that our O line is not comparable to K State's D line and scheme and system. So I can see them actually bringing in the H back mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to go max protection, give a little more time for the quarterback or tight end or additional fullback. Excuse me to to help out in the backfield to give him time to get his reads and. Only thing about that is that eliminates four-man routes that brings you down to three-man routes and maybe the H-back or, or the fullback out of the backfield late on a check down. But if, they, if they're running check downs, K-State's fine with that. You know, make, make mm-hmm. them dink and dunk us and beat us. Uh, and I don't know if Houston has the patience to do that. No, I, I agree with that. And, you know, I like to highlight some players on the opposite team. Got to watch. We talked about Donovan Smith. The res- From the receiver aspect, there's one guy, K-State fans, it'll be hard to miss. <laughs> Joseph Manjack, um, he's number zero. So anytime somebody wears number zero, he's hard to miss. But he doesn't wear gloves. He doesn't wear sleeves. He doesn't wear anything. He looks like he's straight out of the 1970s. So if you see a guy running around out there that looks like he shouldn't be there because he doesn't have any gloves on, that's Joseph Manjack. But he's been really good for Houston. He's their second leading wideout USC trainer. Transfer. That's a guy that K-State's going to have to keep an eye on. He's one of Donovan Smith's favorite targets. Let's flip the ball over and talk about this K-State offense a little bit. Right. Okay, let's just – I'll just throw you some stats, Monty, and you tell me who okay. you would start at quarterback if they named Monty Spiller offensive coordinator at Kansas <laughs> State. Houston, 90th in a rush defense. They started in a four-man front. They moved to a three-man front against Texas. They've also given up twenty, at least 28 points in every single game during conference play. I look at this matchup, and for me, I see a game that could be a game plan that could be repeated just like K-State did against TCU. Is that how you would do the quarterbacks, or are you thinking something different? No, I would stick with it. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this, both quarterbacks are playing phenomenal right now. Will's a senior. He's proven. He's a winner. He's a leader. The team loves him. Let him get the start. Mm-hmm. Keep Avery close. And in situational downs, third down, uh, a rundown, or even have them both in there like before. You never know. And you have to honor both of them when they're in. And the thing about it, though, the way K-State rotated them last week, it forced uh, TCU's defense to, to have different personnel already. Because once a guy came in, he's a running threat. Then they stack the box. Sure enough, he goes over the top. Because if Avery's in, you have to stack the box. Because if you don't, he's going to gash you. But that allows the outside receivers to go one-on-one against corners. And our our receivers are playing well right now. Mm-hmm. So pick your poison on that. I, I look at this quarterback situation, and I think back to basketball season. And for K-State fans that are you know followed that team last year, you had Marquise Noel at the point guard. And then you had Desi Sills on the bench. And when those guys replaced each other, it made defenses adjust. Because mm-hmm. Marquise was more of a scorer. Maybe Desi's more of a passer and a rebounder and an energy guy. You know, the way they play the game is different. But the dynamic when both of those guys enter the game in exchange for each other, it makes the defense adjust mm-hmm. and it changes the offense a little bit. I, I think there's some of that there. And, you know, people talk about running backs getting into a rhythm. I think DJ and Treshawn Ward have kind of figured out, yeah. you know, how to keep the rhythm when they're not in on, on every snap. 
I can kind of see these quarterbacks saying, all right, you know what? He's going to go in and I'm going to stay loose. I'm going to stay mentally prepared because people talk about being locked in. It has nothing to do with the physical aspect of it. It is all the mental aspect of it. If those guys can find a way to take those mental reps and stay locked in, it could be dangerous because they will be more fresh and they just bring completely different elements. Yeah, I agree. And, and, a lot of times people say using a two-quarterback uh, system don't work. I agree with that if you're an NFL team. Mm-hmm. But K-State has almost the perfect situation. You got a senior who has won a Big 12 championship, championship who's loved by his teammates, and, and he's probably done out the next year. And you got the true freshman, local Kansas kid, uh, the best player from the state with his class. And he understands I'm the future, but yet I'm getting playing time now mm-hmm. producing – with the team that's winning, who could potentially be back in the Big 12 championship game and him inputting, uh, if not more, that's that's a great situation. Yeah. Nobody should be upset about it. Will's still playing, starting, making plays, winning. Avery's playing, making plays, winning. We're all happy. Yeah, We're all happy, so it's a great situation. Uh, it is, and I think it's going to continue to be a great situation until somebody proves that they shouldn't be on that mantle, which, honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. Both of these guys have been rock solid. Like I said, I look for K-State to to just obliterate Houston with the run game uh, in this game. You throw in the weather, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be run city all day. Houston 90th in run defense. They're stuck between, do we run the four-man, do we run the three-man? Maybe the three-man was just a thing for Texas to try and guard all those playmakers that they have in space. If they have a light box, though, I just see K-State running it down their throat. And I hope that's the case. Honestly, if we don't need to throw the ball a whole lot, don't. You know, Mm -hmm. I get it. Guys want to get the numbers. You want to spread it around a little bit. But on a game like this, if you can run the ball, keep the cock moving, and we're up by a significant amount, keep doing that. Mm-hmm. I will say, Houston is a, is a young team. Not very, They're not bad, but they're not complete in all areas. But I will say, watching a couple of their games, if you give them any type of hope, they're a confident group. And they're cocky and they chirp. I know how Houston boys are. Mm-hmm. They're they're confident. And they're, they, like I said, Texas people, I'm case in point, <laughs> they are a prideful people. And I'm telling you, you get us boys some hope, watch out. So K-State needs to squash any hope that they have from jump, get on them early and often, and leave no doubt. Don't give them any hope. Because if you do, kind of like the West Virginia game, they'll come back and win. Texas game, they almost came back and win. And so we don't want that to be the case. So we have to squash them finish the deal early and get that win so i'm looking forward to the game especially when you jump out at home yeah there's a difference between playing texas at home like they did mm-hmm. and then going on the road and playing k-state if k-state gets up in the first quarter right and then they keep that lead they don't even have to extend it and if you are up by two scores even three especially three scores but if you're up by two scores at halftime i think regardless of who gets the ball or any of that kind of business, K-State's sitting pretty. I mean, you're right. They've got to jump on them early, and I think it starts with setting the tone. Mm -hmm. Houston has not seen this kind of physicality. Texas, they threw the ball a lot, Mm -hmm. especially until Quinn Ewers got hurt, which might have been another reason why Houston was able to stay in the game. Uh, But until Ewers got hurt, they were throwing the ball. K-State's going to run it down their throat, and they're going to make them stop the run, and I I don't think they're going to be able to do it. So as we move into our predictions portion of the show and wrap it up, I want to throw a wild card because there's another big game in the state of Kansas that has happening at 11 o'clock, and it's not in Manhattan. It's in Lawrence. Kansas plays Oklahoma. They host them for Big Noon kickoff. Just give me your thoughts on that game. 
Well, me being um, a K Stater, I don't love, I don't have, I have no love for KU and I never will. Uh, <laughs> and then Brent Venables being one of my old coaches at K State, a K State guy, a Solana guy, mm-hmm. and, and Brent and I are good friends and I, and I care for the guy dearly. He's a great coach, and I'm glad he's having success unless K State's playing him. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm thinking OU is going to go there. KU's offense scares me. I'm sorry, they still do. Without Daniels in there, they still their schemes are incredible. I, I'm not sure uh, who is in charge of all their schemes, but they do a really good job of their schemes. Now, their defense, not so much. Their defense tends to give up a lot of runs, a lot of points. So I think OU wins by 14, but KU is going to keep it close early into late into the third quarter. But I think OU pulls away um, based off of um, KU's defense not being able to stop them. Yeah, I'm frustrated that game's at 11 o'clock. I wanted I agree. to watch that I one agree. too. Let's talk about our game, and, and I'll ask you for your prediction. In this one, give me your MVP and the final score. Man. So MVP is kind of tough this week. Um, I went with DJ the last two weeks, and he has the potential to do it again. But uh, I can see – I'm going to go with Will. Mm. Will Howard, MVP, because he he didn't play a whole game last week because he didn't need to. But uh, I want to see him get a little more touches later in the game just because I don't want the game to be close. But I'm going to say Will, MVP, and I'm going to go 45-17. 45-17, and you said Will Howard as, as MVP. MVP. Yep. I am going to be along the same lines as that with your score. Um, I'll, I'll say that here in a second. But for my MVP, I'm going over to the defensive side. Okay. We feel like Houston's going to throw the ball a lot. I'm looking at that secondary, and specifically I'm looking at the senior leader in Kobe Savage. Kobe. He got two picks against Texas Tech. Mark him down for two picks against Houston right and on. Donovan Smith. K-State. And Kobe Savage will win this game on the defensive side of the football. The final score, you said 45-17. I'm right along those same lines, too. I think K-State gets it done. I do think this might be a somewhat of a close game in the beginning portion. Yeah. But then K-State will kind of take off, much like we saw against Texas Tech. Um, I'll take a 42-14 to final. I okay. think that seems to be the consensus of spread with 17. You and I both agree K-State will win and they will cover. Either way, it's going to be a great morning of football at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. If you're going to the game, bring your ponchos. Yes. It might rain, so be prepared for that. If not, enjoy the game wherever you are, and we'll talk to you next Friday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve dollars and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession.
possession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control-Alt-Desire, now streaming on Paramount+.